Welcome to episode 11 of Tomotley Talks. Well, it's still a uh, beautiful Friday afternoon. Stuart Guthrie and I just finished up singing Conway Twitty on episode 10, and I wanted to get one more uh, brief episode in before we get outside and enjoy the beautiful sunshine and the land of the low country. Uh, I wanted to bring you up to date on a couple of issues regarding lawfare. Uh, for those of you who hear the term but may not understand it completely let me try to describe it in in lay terms lawfare is just what it it says it's it's the enemy using the legal system to wage war against people who are trying to use the legal system to have the rule of law followed in this country so they come in with lawfare to oppose legitimate efforts in courts to look at the 2020 election, and they really wage a strong lawfare against individual lawyers who are advocating uh, not only for President Trump, but really are advocating uh, for the 2020 election to be investigated, audited, and uh, corrected, because uh, anybody that's paid attention, that's interested in democracy in America, freedom in America, knows that the election in November of 2020 was illegal and was a fraud. Uh, But there's a lot of lawyers, I think, led in part, if not in large part, by Mark Elias, formerly of Perkins Coie, to coordinate a legal strategy strategy to uh, oppose uh, the ability of the individuals and legitimate groups from attacking and exposing the fraud and illegality that was perpetrated on this country in November of 2020. Fight Back has been utilizing uh, donations to uh, battle lawfare. One thing that I wanted to touch on uh, briefly is that we have pending right now uh, on application for certiorari review, which is basically a request for the United States Supreme Court to exercise its discretion to hear a case. It's not mandatory that it do so. But we're asking the court to review the January 2021 senatorial runoff in Georgia because we contend that under well-established law, that runoff election was illegal. It was illegal because the underlying election of November 2020 that led to the runoff we contend, was illegal. Illegal because changes were made in the election process that were not ratified by the Georgia legislature. It's simply black-letter law, meaning it's well-established that if you try to change the election procedures in a state election on a federal, uh, I guess you'd say a state process for a federal election, such as the presidency of the United States or someone running for the United States Senate, you cannot make those changes unless they are approved by the legislature. In Georgia, the changes that were made in November of 2020 and again in January of 2021 were not approved by the Georgia legislature. Under established law, those were illegal elections. I took this issue up with the United States Supreme Court initially in a case that I filed in November of 2020. Ultimately, the lower courts threw the case out based on standing. And my reaction, are you kidding me? 
the law has always been prior to 2020 well established that a voter has standing to go into federal court and contend that his or her vote was illegally diluted based on a violation of due process or equal protection of the law. But yet the lower courts dismissed the case based on a lack of standing. I think that was error, clear error. And we also, in that case, obviously attacked the legality of the November 2020 election. The Supreme Court denied certiorari review. Essentially, they did not agree with the lower court or disagree with the lower court. They just refused to address the matter, which does allow the lower court holding to stand. I filed a second lawsuit in December uh, with respect to the Senate runoff. Everybody talks a lot about me as it relates to that runoff because I was all over David Perdue and Kelly Loeffler telling them to get out and urge Brian Kemp to call a special session of the Georgia legislature to fix the problems of November 2020 before it was too late. And I made the comment, if they don't earn your vote, they didn't earn your vote. And then for the past year and a half, I've been attacked for saying people shouldn't vote. That's nonsense. I never said that. I did say that as a matter of principle, I myself would elect not to vote in an election that I know is rigged. Anybody else that wants to vote in a rigged election, have at it. It's your right. We can talk about that a little bit later, maybe before I wrap up my comments today. But nonetheless, we have pending now, uh, before the United States Supreme Court, another petition for certiorari review of the case filed on the Georgia runoff. Basically the same issue, standing illegality because the legislature did not approve the changes in the election procedures. I posted that uh, filing on Telegram. It was filed uh, in early February. It has Supreme Court docket number 21-1081. Now, based on prior history, I don't know that I would say I'm optimistic. I'd like to believe the Supreme Court will decide it's time to hear those issues and follow well-established law if we're going to have the rule of law in our country reinstituted. But what has concerned me a little bit is that I ask individuals on Telegram to spread the word about the filing because, you know, you got all these groups that are claiming they want you to send their money to them because they want to somehow get election integrity. Do they want to fix 2020? You ought to ask them that. And then look and see how many of these so-called groups that purport to be fighting for freedom have taken the money to spend on a law firm to file an amicus brief supporting the idea that the Supreme Court should grant certiorari review of the case regarding the January 2021 senatorial runoff. So far, I have not uh, received notice of any amicus brief being filed. What's going on here? All these people running around the country trying to tell you to give them their money, give them your money, put it in their pockets, because they're going to help you fix the system, why aren't they taking the time to retain counsel to come in and support the efforts that fight back supporting, in my case, regarding what could be a result, if granted correctly, that would reverse the Georgia election both in November and January. So I think 
you're entitled to look into that when people are asking for money and claiming they want to fight for your freedom. Are they really fighting for your freedom? Or are they putting the money in their pockets and putting on a show? I won't pass judgment on them. I know that Fight Back has been utilizing donations to fight lawfare. And I'm still embroiled, just to bring you up to date, the Georgia State Bar, despite my record as a lawyer of 45 years, is doing its dead-level best to either throw me out of the practice law by disbarring me or, as a practical matter, preventing me from helping people as a lawyer now because they've maintained a lawsuit against me to discipline me as it relates to the filing of lawsuits by Sidney Powell in Michigan, Wisconsin, Arizona, and Georgia. Now, I want to be very clear. I did not draft those lawsuits. I did not file those lawsuits. I had offered to help Sydney if she needed my help. I'm a trial lawyer. She did ask me to attend one hearing by Zoom on a Sunday night where I made a brief argument before Judge Timothy Batten, and he agreed with me. He later reversed it. That was my role in that case. I didn't even know my name was on the Michigan complaint. I did not know my name was on the Wisconsin complaint. I did learn after the filing of the Arizona complaint that Sidney asked me to file a pro hoc vici appearance where it would give me the right to appear, and I said, sure, I figured she needed my help. The court granted the, the motion and two days later dismissed the case, a case that I had not drafted or filed. And yet the Georgia Bar is hell-bent on using those cases to try to disbar me. What in the world is going on? The, the Michigan case, which is their spearhead, the sanctions order that Judge Linda Parker entered, which is errant nonsense under the law, and particularly nonsensical as to me, since I did nothing to subject myself to the jurisdiction of Michigan, nor did I have any involvement. Even Sidney admitted in the hearing, such as it was, that the court held that I was not involved in the drafting or filing of that complaint. Judge Parker imposed outrageous sanctions on all the lawyers, including me, and then she said she was going to stay the execution of that ruling, pending the final determination of the case on appeal to the Sixth Circuit. The Georgia Bar couldn't wait. The Georgia Bar comes out and tries to have me disciplined, put me into, in effect, litigation where depositions will be taken, a lot of money and time will be spent. And I asked them to stay the case in Georgia until we got a result on the appeal in the Sixth Circuit. Makes all the sense in the world to me. I'm not actively practicing law because I can't take on new cases where I have a cloud hanging over my head because of the state disciplinary bar's action against me. So I'm not a threat to the legal profession. There's no rush to judgment necessary. We could avoid a tremendous amount of time and expense and distraction if they simply waited and let the Sixth Circuit rule. I think the Sixth Circuit's going to reverse Judge Parker just like the Delaware Supreme Court reversed the political trial judge in Delaware. The special master, selected by the State Bar of Georgia, declined to stay the case. Draw your own conclusions. 
why is the state bar of Georgia determined to tie me up in litigation to take away time that I could be spending on other things for the better good and to try to drain me financially? Thank goodness that Fight Back has supported the lawfare part of that case. Because candidly, I tell you, the way people have gone after me in the last two years, uh, I'd have to be setting up a Go GoFundMe or something to, to get by. Remember, I invested my money in land. I'm trying to make my properties turn into income-producing properties uh, because I don't have any income. I'm not complaining. I'm just telling you the facts. I posted a message on Telegram last night, and I would like for people to think about it. I went after the deep state for the Richard Jewell uh, in the Richard Jewell case. I went after the FBI, went after him hard publicly. There was a person that wrote a book about the Eric Rudolph case who was ultimately found guilty of the bombing. But that person had a chapter in his book, and he talked about Richard Jewell. And in that chapter, he said the FBI loathed Lynn Wood. I also went after Cox Enterprises, the owner of the Atlanta Journal and Constitution, a powerful, wealthy, family-run corporation. As they used to say on the AJC, covers Dixie like the do, the power and influence of the Cox Chambers, uh, Ann Cox Chambers family, Cox Enterprises, still covers Dixie like the do. I went after NBC and Tom Brokaw. In effect, I went after the fake media, and uh, I think they got a long memory. And then if you'll look at my Telegram post where I talked about some of the other cases that God had planned apparently for me to get involved in, I think you're going to find a pattern. And I think there is a reason why the deep state and the people trying to overthrow our country don't want Lynn Wood to have the time, the reputation, or the money to be a vocal spokesperson in support of Donald Trump, who has vowed to end child sex trafficking, and Lynn Wood, who has made it his second priority behind fixing 2020 to end child sex and adult trafficking. So there's got to be a reason behind what otherwise makes no sense. People can look at the body of my life's work as a lawyer, the State Bar of Georgia never acknowledged me and recognized me, but other people around the country did. I didn't seek recognition. But I always wondered why the State Bar didn't seem to know that I existed when other people were telling me, well, Lynn, you're one of the most prominent lawyers in the country and maybe the best libel lawyer in the world. I, I never cared about hearing that, but it always did strike me as funny that I seemed to be well-known outside of Georgia because the State Bar of Georgia didn't seem to know that I existed except to take my dues every year uh, and then require that you be a member. Someday soon, someone's going to litigate the legality of a bar association requiring you to be a member of it in order to practice law that you have been licensed by the state to practice, especially when that state bar organization is nothing more than a lobbying organization where in this instance they've taken my money and because they oppose my political views, they have taken that money and use it to persecute me. I think they're going to find that state bar associations are unlawful. Time will tell. 
That's another issue for another day. I still got Stuart with me. He's probably going to pull a towel out and start waving it to try to cool me down. I'm not angry about what's going on. I wanted to retire, and I said this in 2019. I wanted to finish up the Nicholas Salmon cases. Well, Nicholas fired me, and I, I love him, and I, I wish him well. Todd McMurtry he doesn't talk to me now for some reason, but I wish him good luck. And I wanted to write. Well, I'm writing. I'm writing on Telegram. Uh, I could give the State Bar of Georgia my license tomorrow, and I would not lose a second of sleep. I cannot take it with me to heaven. So in the big scheme of things, it means nothing to me. But yet I know that I spent 45 years using the talents that God blessed me with to help a lot of people in some very difficult and controversial cases. I did my job. I honored my profession. And I don't believe that the State Bar of Georgia, for political reasons, should be allowed to smear my reputation by trying to reprimand or disbar me to take away my license. I'm going to fight him to the death. It's not because I want it. It's because I love the profession of law. Unfortunately, it's become more of a business than a profession. I love the professional part of it. If they can take away my law license, then think about all the other lawyers out there. If they raise political issues or get involved in controversial cases, they'll come after them. If they can get mine, they can get theirs. But it's not just a matter of protecting the legal community. The legal community serves the public. We have in this country a Sixth Amendment constitu constitutional right to competent counsel of our choices. If they start limiting for political purposes the lawyers who can represent you, they are limiting your ability to get lawyers to get involved in you in hotbed political or controversial cases. You cannot let them limit your constitutional rights in that way. So my fight, while it may appear to be about my license, it's about the law licenses of many, many other lawyers. And it's ultimately about the rights of our American public to be able to have competent counsel of their choice and not have the people minimized or taken out of the game for political purposes leaving only those that are willing to play by the political power establishment rules, and they're not going to be your best advocate when your case goes up against the establishment. So that's my rant. I hope that, that sounds like a rant to you, Stuart. <laughs> a little bit, I guess. He's got to turn his microphone on. He's, he's over there waving away the fire. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I completely agree. I mean, what, what happens to law if it's not for everybody or every situation. It, it That's a scary place to be. Well, you know, the beauty is... And is I'm it, not a lawyer. I don't know anything about law, but, you know, the things I hear, again, make no sense to me legally. And, um, yeah, you're right. The, the, your your bar license, if you lost it at the end of the day, eternal value, you, you, you're still set for eternal life with Christ. I don't have to show my bar <laughs> card to get into heaven, I hope. That's right, yeah. <laughs> Well, listen, it's, um, it's easy for someone that wants to throw stones at me to say that I'm trying to, to raise money for fight back to protect myself. I'm not. If I could get away from the distractions and the irritation that I feel when I keep getting these clearly unjust 
rulings that are not based on the rule of law but are based on reaching the result politically that they want against me and then subverting the law to, to justify the decision they've made in advance, listen, I'd like to, to not be done with it. I, I'd like to spend my time doing other things that in the long term have more benefit to me from uh, an eternal value than whatever I'm doing with the practicing law here on earth. But, again, it's a fight that I fight for others because today it's me. Tomorrow it's going to be you. And one of the great disappointments that I have experienced after practicing law in the state of Georgia for so many years, you could count on less than one hand the number of Georgia lawyers who have stood up for me to object to the political persecution of me by the state bar of Georgia. They're scared. They're intimidated. They're afraid, to, they're afraid to say, hey, we support Wood because they're afraid they'll come after them. The most interesting part of this, if you want to hear one more point about Georgia, there was another lawyer involved in the Atlanta, Georgia case that Sidney filed. That lawyer, fine lawyer, he actually did help Sidney in the drafting and filing of the Georgia complaint. I'm told that she sent him what other lawyers had drafted and asked him to look at it and revise it and file it the next day. I think he stayed up all night working on it. He's a member of the Georgia Bar. His name is on the pleading. Did the State Bar of Georgia bring a complaint against him? What do you think the answer is, Stuart? Uh, no. No. And I was watching the the video where the judge that Sidney Powell told that you had nothing to do with it. That was in Michigan. And then you've got Georgia where they come after me and I had nothing to do with the drafting and filing of the complaint, and they do not pursue any type of disciplinary action against the Georgia lawyer that, in fact, did have something to do with the drafting and filing of the complaint. That's called disparate treatment. That's called targeted prosecution. That's also called a violation of equal protection of the law. The state bars around this country have been taken over by communism. The lawyers like me, we just went along with it for decades. They kind of ran their slate of officers. We checked the boxes and voted for them. We didn't realize that what we were doing in financing with our bar dues, we were financing a political lobbying group. And because it is an arm of the state and it is the bar association, it carries with it a lot of clout. I quit the American Bar Association a few years ago when they took a position against Brett Kavanaugh when I realized that the exorbitant dues, I think charged me six, dollars $700 a year, never did anything with them. They never offered me anything for my services. They tried to sell me a lot of stuff. And I got out of the American Bar Association because I realized that it was a lobbying group based on its own political views. The political views of the American Bar Association and the political views of the Georgia Bar Association are on opposite ends of the spectrum from mine. That doesn't mean I'm a far right-winger. I'm not. I'm a conservative. I'm a middle-of-the-road conservative who loves Jesus Christ. But they are so far left of that, and then they require you pay them to practice law. And then they use your dues against you for political purposes. That has to change. 
So if there's anybody out there that knows a Georgia lawyer, or if you are a Georgia lawyer, lawyer, stand up, not for me, stand up for yourself. Stand up for the rule of law. The Georgia lawyers ought to be all over the state bar of Georgia because they're wasting the lawyers' money. Persecuting me in a case that may very well, I believe, be reversed by the Sixth Circuit when they take a look at the foolishness of the judge and her ruling in the Michigan case, and certainly when they look at the truth that I had absolutely, positively nothing to do with drafting or filing that complaints. How can I be reprimanded for something I did not do? So lawfare is important, not to the lawyers, but to the public. Our legal system needs to get back to its basics. We need judges who are applying the rule of law. We do not need judges appointed for life because then they have no accountability. They need to be elected and they need to be held accountable if they go off on political tangents where in an honest election they can lose their job. We need to take a serious look at the legality of the bar associations around our country and determine whether or not it's legal to force a lawyer to be a member of an organization which is, in effect, a lobbying group. At some point in time, if good Lord's willing, I may raise that issue myself. I'd like to see other lawyers raise it. I think it has been raised in a couple of other jurisdictions around the country. And the people that have reviewed those cases, I believe, think there is a high likelihood of success. So thanks for letting me bring you up to date. Uh, I hope somebody will jump in and try to support what we're doing with the United States Supreme Court. And I'm going to tell you straight up, I would really hope and pray that some lawyers in the state of Georgia will have the courage to stand up to the state bar and its officers and its disciplinary committee members and tell them you do not like what they're doing at all because it's political and it violates the very principles the legal profession is based on, the rule of law, which must remain nonpartisan, but unfortunately has become partisan and political. And now they engage in witch hunts. I think you're seeing a lot of that done to Donald Trump over the years. His word's correct. They're on witch hunts. This is America. We live under a constitution and a bill of rights. Witch hunts have no place in the American judicial system. We are a system based on the rule of law that seeks fairness and justice. There's nothing fair and there's nothing just about witch hunts. So thank you for listening to episode 11. I'll cool off a little bit now by going outside and putting old Stewart in the mule. I call it the Lynn King. And uh, I'll take my mind off of some of this present nonsense we're dealing with. And I'll enjoy uh, some time looking at God's beautiful creation of the low country. I look forward to the time when many of you will have a chance to come by and visit Cotton Hall or Tomotley or Huspa. Uh, because uh, when I bought it, I made sure I wanted to make uh, it available when I could for other people to enjoy, because it's not my property, it's God's property. I'm just the steward, and its beauty belongs to you as much as it belongs to me. God bless every one of you, and uh, in the next day or two, we'll see if we can put together episode 12. Who knows? I might even talk steward into singing another song. God bless you all.
Bye-bye.